Tina is already next to me, ready for with our next interviewee, Tim from PayPal. Thank you, Nick. Uh, well, Tim, uh, Mr. Smith, welcome. Uh, you are a developer advocate for PayPal. Tell us what exactly you do for PayPal. Um, so, as, first of all, thanks for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure. Hi to everybody listening. And um, so, a developer advocate, or whatever you want to call it, some companies call it evangelist. I'm basically responsible for all the developer relations for EMEA, for PayPal. So I coordinate basically right now two more evangelists. And what we do is we reach out to developers via conferences, developer events, hackathons, meetups. Um, we do lots of live evangelism by going over to Twitter, to Stack Overflow, open source via GitHub. Basically anything where we can find developers and help them understand how you interact with PayPal, how their feedback can be, um, let's say, incorporated in PayPal strategy. These, that's all kind of different things that we do. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Uh, we live in a multi-screen world. Can you talk a little bit um, how the development process is different from the desktop to mobile? Definitely. I mean, uh, so for PayPal, since a few, basically, I think since two or three years, we having uh, we are having a mobile-first strategy. So that means every product that we design is initially designed to work on a mobile screen estate. So that means instead of overloading products with functionality and lots of really overloaded UIs, we try to keep lean simple. So lean UX obviously is a big uh, implication of that. So um, that's obviously a big advantage. As soon as you go to the desktop environment, to your laptop, to your iPad, anything that's getting bigger than a mobile screen, you have the advantage of actually being able to add features instead of removing them and going mobile. So obviously that's the big advantage for mobile first. And I mean, um, I've been working on Android for quite a t uh, some time and working over there with different screen estates is quite nice. Lots of people call it a fragmentation because... Um, Every company can basically do with Android what they want. So we see watches running Android. We see freezers, coffee machines. Um, we see gaming consoles and also obviously phones and televisions. Mm -hmm. And um, there is a need to uh, accommodate the fact that they look different and behave different. Mm -hmm. But Android does offer nice mechanisms to do so. iOS, on the other hand, is more regulated. Um, there is not so many different form factors. Mm -hmm. And over there, it's quite easy to develop and with responsive web design, which we uh, all should encourage. Mm -hmm. um, it's getting easier and easier with frameworks like Bootstrap or Foundation to work towards being responsive and towards being nice. Mm -hmm. So HTML5, CSS3 and all those frameworks on top of that mm -hmm. and make it really easy to approach and embrace mobile. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about how development takes place internally in organizations. Traditionally, on the web, on the internet front, on the desktop front, there has been uh, a web team dedicated. With the emergence of mobile, do um, organizations uh, have a different team that's responsible for mobile? Is it a hybrid version? How is it handled at PayPal or other organizations that you've talked to? So with our um, classical stack, let's say, um the old paper applications that you might know, we had a dedicated mobile team which worked on mobile applications, so everything native to Android and iOS. And nowadays, with every new product that we have, we 
actively look for full-stack engineers which are able to work both on mobile and uh, desktop because for us, for us there should not be differentiation in different form factors. It's just a different repre representation of the same data set. So uh, we basically have the same kind of teams running up and uh, realizing the projects that we do. Mm -hmm. Beacons. We hear a lot about them lately. Can you tell uh, more about what they are? Yeah, definitely. Um, so Beacon for us is a huge topic since we just launched a Beacon product at LeWeb. Mm -hmm. And uh, for us, Beacon, or I think for everybody, Beacon just in general is usually a Bluetooth low energy device, sometimes powered by a battery, sometimes via USB, or I don't know anything that basically can power a device. And it emits a Bluetooth signal uh, requiring Bluetooth 4. And uh, basically, there's different kind of handshakes that can happen. So if I get into the radius of a Bluetooth device, it can discover me mm -hmm. and it can basically push a message over, a payload. So uh, it could be um, saying, hi, Tim, it's great that you're there. Um, it called, uh, could also be my Pebble smartwatch that uh, basically knows it's close to my phone, so it probably is able to get my emails. Mm -hmm. how, how, in terms of um, coverage, what, how far do beacons go? I mean, that obviously depends a bit on the size of antenna, mm -hmm. the uh, Bluetooth ship and that stuff. Um, so most common beacons that you will see will operate between 10 and 50 meters, depending on the hardware. And uh, sometimes there's obviously uh, limitations that you want to do because you don't want that everybody gets the same signal. So for example, with our PayPal beacon, um, the beacon is going to operate in a store and actually helps people to check in, like at Foursquare. But you check into a store to actually pay mm -hmm. through check-ins. Mm -hmm. So if I check in and I'm 500 meters away, mm -hmm. that really doesn't make sense because maybe I'm in a big mall and there's lots of different stores and I check in in every store. That's mm -hmm. not really realistic. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you want to um, lower the distance, the radius to make the mm -hmm. user experience actually nicer. The, the solution that you're launching uh, or you have launched with Beacons, is that more targeted for uh, retail stores or does it have other applications as well? So right now that's um, definitely tailored towards retail stores mm -hmm. uh, because we realize um, if we're not talking about the big chains like let's say Subway, McDonald's, Burger King, whoever, these guys are usually having big problems accommodating mobile users. Mm -hmm. People nowadays are used to uh, bring the same payment method from A to B. But as soon as I go offline, I can't pay with PayPal. Maybe the different stores don't accept my credit card. There's lots of these big uh, issues that I don't know from the internet. Mm -hmm. So um, by bringing our data set and new technology to retail, we actually enable different retail stores to start competing again with online. Mm -hmm. have, you, um, have you deployed this at the specific geographic regions currently? Uh, so right now we run different tests with different merchants and developers across the world. Uh, mostly, obviously, for us, NA, since we're based in America, mm -hmm. but also the UK in Germany. Um, you will find a lot of different locations. So if you go to Berlin, to Rosenthaler Platz, which is one of the startup hubs over there, you will see that there's different kind of cafes and restaurants that accept PayPal pay, uh, check-ins already. Mm -hmm. And what is the initial feedback that you're getting from the tests that you have been running? So, so most users find it absolutely amazing that they don't have to carry around cash anymore. Mm -hmm. And um, the fact that you don't need to really care which credit card you use or if it's your bank account or direct debit, 
um, basically we abstract all these kind of things away from the user mm -hmm. and uh, reduce the payment process to going into a store being automatically checked in if I approve so, mm -hmm. and paying by being recognized via my face. Mm -hmm. So you talked about some cashless transactions. How? Let's talk about bitcoins. Yeah. Is that a competing technology with what PayPal is trying to do? No, I don't really see it as a, a bitcoin as a technology or a cryptocurrency uh, as a competitor to what's PayPal. It's more an upcoming technology that basically... Um, acts like a currency. It's quite volatile right now, so um, it's really hard for retail right now to accept Bitcoin because one Bitcoin today can be uh, worth le uh, worth 10% less tomorrow, which just happened, I think, tonight. Mm -hmm. um, so these kinds of things happen, which make it really hard for the retail to uh, design price tags because maybe I need a 000263 Bitcoin price tag. Mm -hmm. And all these kind of things, I have to change it on a daily course, which is equal to what you see with gold. Mm -hmm. um, but as soon as that uh, stuff gets more stable and cryptocurrency gets a bit more regulated and less volatile, mm -hmm. um, I think that Bitcoin has a good future. And if you see what John Donahoe, our CEO of eBay, and David Marcus tweet and say uh, in different reports, they basically agree with this vision. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about security. Uh, which is big in the space that you guys are in. How do you ensure um, that the cha the mobile channel is secure when somebody is doing a transaction using uh, PayPal? So, so there's obviously different kind of things that we can do, like two-factor authentication. So before a payment gets triggered, the user uh, receives an SMS or email asking him to confirm this. Mm -hmm. um, if a payment gets triggered with PayPal, each and every user always gets an email saying, you just paid $15, 20 euros, I don't care, anything. Uh, through PayPal, and I can basically prove that it's either me, or uh, unless I have an evil twin mm -hmm. who basically triggered my payment, usually uh, I can very much prove it was me who bought this thing, or it wasn't me, so I can get a refund in case it isn't. Mm -hmm. So um, there is also lots of fraud protection algorithms running, obviously, in the background, because we think it shouldn't be always the task of the merchant and the customer to care about security. Mm -hmm. Quite often, it should be us in the background who uh, basically act as the good guy and take care of that. Mm -hmm. uh, let's talk about in the development process, we hear a lot about uh, the different mobile platforms. And uh, it's not about anymore what platform to develop for, but about which one to prioritize for. What's your take uh, on this topic? So, as I said already, uh, mobile first obviously is a big thing for us. Mm -hmm. We still um, go for native applications nowadays because um, they still offer uh, benefits over HTML5 and CSS3, at least in some cases, um, like geolocation is still a bit clunky on mobile web because some browsers doesn't, uh, don't support it as others do. Um, some functionality is already in the design documents of W3C, but it's not really in each and every browser. We see um, WebKit rising and because Google decided to go with Chrome into another direction. Mm -hmm. So um, native app development still obviously has reasons. So in terms of which platforms we choose, usually we go where the users are. Mm -hmm. So you will see that we have right now a Windows Phone 7 app because Windows Phone 7 and now 8 do have some users. Actually, it's one of the fastest growing platforms. Mm -hmm. Android has most uh, users with most uh, devices sold each and every day. Mm -hmm. And iOS, obviously, for e-commerce is great because that's where usually lots of money is being earned. Mm -hmm. 
on the other side, BlackBerry right now doesn't have a native app anymore mm -hmm. because for us it didn't really um, occur that the web app doesn't work for BlackBerry. Mm -hmm. Which brings me uh, to my next question. Can you talk a little bit about the difference of a native app versus a hybrid app and when should you choose one over the other? Definitely. I mean, uh, so first of all, I think the concept of a hybrid app is often quite confusing because some of them actually use native code and uh, tie in JavaScript code. And some of them are purely written in JavaScript but wrapped over into being a binary file that you can install on a mobile phone. So um, if you think about stuff like Sencha, that's basically just a thin layer on top of uh, JavaScript and CSS and HTML for styling an app. But uh, there's also technology like PhoneGap that basically lets you write native apps completely in JavaScript. On the other hand, there's um, also the possibility to write lots of uh, native code for computing-heavy tasks like database stuff and tie in into web views to display HTML. Mm -hmm. So um, quite often, it's always a trade-off between what uh, do I want to do and realize with HTML? Is it maybe just styling? And um, where do I need to go for native? Okay, wonderful. And talk to us about what BattleHack is. Yeah, sure. So BattleHack is actually one of uh, my favorite projects this year. Um, so last week we started off a series of hackathons. Um, we had 10 different cities going from Moscow uh, via Tel Aviv to actually cities like New York or uh, I think we also did Miami. So we had a lot of different cities. We uh, went to their resource developer communities and we had this big challenge to um, make the world a better place by creating creative hack uh, hacks. So we didn't try to build up another startup boot camp or startup weekend or something that um, tries to go after business plans. It was really about finding creative, cool developers that use the newest tech to uh, create new solutions. Mm -hmm. What is one of the uh, cooler ones that you, uh, you have encountered in one of those uh, events? So the uh, guys in Tel Aviv just recently, um, so we just had the hack a few weeks ago, um, created an app that's perfect for people who can't really drop their phone and work with their friends in real life. Mm -hmm. um, basically, they pre-approved a payment of, let's say, five euros or five dollars. And uh, if you have a meeting, everybody had to commit to paying a certain amount if he is looking at his phone longer than five seconds. So as soon as I turned around my phone, uh, there was this timer being displayed on my phone going from five to zero. <laughs> and I had five seconds to basically just quickly see if it's an email or something important or not. So people get more concentrated on actually doing meetings or seeing friends in real life. And well, uh, otherwise, if I have to break the rule, I can actually pay and... My friend should be happy with that. I know. I think my former boss, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we said our team is uh, definitely in need of this application. Yeah, <laughs> that is a very cool idea. Well, we're out of time. I want to thank you. This was uh, Tim Messerschmidt from PayPal. Tim, thank you very much. Thanks so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Yes.